Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. It is the JR Sport Brief show here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you to everybody tuned in and locked in all over. North America. We got a busy, busy night. We've had a busy, busy day. But what else is new? That's what every day feels like. Thank you to super producer and host Dave Shepard. He's holding it down for us on the board in New York City. Couple of things. First, we know last night the Raiders decided to go ahead and fire everybody and their mama. Ziegler's gone. You can think about Josh McDaniel's gone. Antonio Pierce has his introductory press conference. And we also learned that Jimmy Garoppolo has been benched. We got the World Series going on right now this very minute, this very second. The Texas Rangers lead Arizona top of the seventh, one to nothing. There's one out in the top of the seventh. The Texas Rangers have two dudes on base, one on first, one on third, with another opportunity to score. And so this is not the uh, barn burner that we saw last night, but the Texas Rangers still one victory away from being World Series champs. And damn it, that might happen, I don't know, maybe in less than an hour. We're going to find out sooner than later. We've had plenty of other benchings in the NFL today. Uh, Desmond Ritter's been benched in favor of Taylor Heineke here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it's just just a lot is going on. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Love not receiving a lot of love in Green Bay. Uh, Will Levis is going to get another chance and an opportunity to start uh, tomorrow against the Steelers. Ryan Tannehill still out with his ankle. It's just a lot. We're going to give you a top six list tonight. And in honor, thank you so much of the the Raiders and some other teams like Michigan. I'm going to give you a top six list. We're going to take a look at some of the most dysfunctional teams in sports. And then hours ago, uh, we unfortunately learned of the passing of Bob Knight. And so we're actually going to chat with one or two folks tonight who have had some personal dealings uh, with Bob Knight. One of them I think you might be very, very familiar with, Mr. Scott uh, Farrell, who at one point was here on CBS Sports Radio, relationship with Bobby Knight. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe we we might have on someone else uh, a little closer to him as well. And that's exactly where we're going to start the show off as we learned of the passing of Bobby Knight a few hours ago. Before I, I get into to Bobby Knight and his complicated, very complicated uh, legacy, maybe not so complicated, very straightforward, but we'll talk about it. You can always tune into the show on the free Odyssey app. You can always lock in on your local CBS Sports Radio affiliate. It's very simple. You can tune in on Sirius XM Channel 158, and if you have a smart spe- speaker, you can ask it to play 
CBS Sports Radio. Shep, you doing okay? Uh, yeah, oh, so much going on, JR. But thank you for asking. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's let's not waste any time. Bobby Knight, obviously, unless you've been living underneath a rock, one of the most accomplished head coaches in sports, period. I mean, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about how influential Bobby Knight was in the, the world of, of just basketball. The man who was nicknamed the general is, is one of the most famous coaches ever. He's also one of the most winningest coaches ever. People will say he was complicated. Now, I don't think there was nothing complicated about this man. He was very straightforward about how he felt and, and what was on his mind, whether it was good, bad, or in between. But when it came down to basketball, we're talking about a winner, okay? Starting off at Army and then getting hired at Indiana, coaching there from 1971 until he was dismissed in 2000. And he was dismissed because, well, there was that choking incident. There was him addressing a fan that got him fired in 2000. But you can't ignore what he did on the basketball court, on the sidelines as a coach. That's three championships with Indiana, 1976, 1981, 1987. This man took Indiana from being an okay school with a couple of championships to being a blue blood. This man is is fifth all-time in coaching wins in college basketball history, 902. Roy Williams is right in front of him at 903. A three-time Associated Press Coach of the Year, Head coach of Team USA Basketball in in 1984, Isaiah Thomas will sing his praises. This is someone who also coached Mike Woodson. This dude also won, and he kicked my ass for calling him a dude. Bob Knight also won an NCAA championship as a player with Ohio State in 1960. He's in the Hall of Fame, and he is just as straightforward as straightforward can be. 42 seasons as a head coach, going from Army to Indiana. We know finishing up with Texas Tech. A lot of people, let's be honest, will remember him for as much as of his winning as it is his, uh, his aggressiveness, his in-your-face style, his saying whatever the hell is on his mind and not caring about the consequences. I mean, we can think about quite a few things as, as Bob Knight, I remember him sitting down one day as head coach at Texas Tech. Former player Steve Alford was there opposing him. They were asked about a beef between them, and Bob Knight immediately wanted to respond and let everybody know that, hey, we we are fine, and I think you, yes, you, people in the media, are what's wrong with what's going on. This was a conversation in 2004 on ESPN. Let me answer that. You know, that is an absolute crock of You know, you and people in the news media, all of you uh, dwell on some negative piece of like that. And I don't know how Steve feels about it, but it just and you don't have to bleep one single word of this. Ah, colorful. Yeah, almost as colorful as him, you know, throwing a chair across the court. Almost as colorful as, as choking out the opposition. And that's just that's one instance of, of Bob Knight not necessarily being thrilled with the media. He continued on and he called 
shop with it was the word prostitutes was that what it was oh my god probably <laughs> well l l let's take a listen this is uh, bob knight also not happy with the media sounds normal if it amazes you then you don't know anything about basketball you're you're uh uh illuminating your uh relative lack of knowledge of the game with a statement like that let's just start all this again now i'm not here to argue the thing with you i'm not going to debate things with you and people from television you know you want an answer from me you get the answer you don't like an answer then don't use the program okay oh well there's a lot of words in there hey shep go ahead repeat one of those bleeps what was behind the bleeps man jr i want a career after tonight <laughs> touche thank you well I, I, ironically, Bob Knight did refer to uh, journalists as one or two steps above being a prostitute. And then ironically, when Bob Knight called it a rap, yes, he was a, a former coach, one of the most accomplished coaches in, in basketball history. He then got into the media. And so, look, Bob Knight, people are going to talk about how, how nuts he wa was and how in your face he was. He's a damn good coach. There's no disputing that. And unfortunately, I think some of it's going to be overshadowed by, by his behavior. I mean, we, we have statements that, that have come out. Mike Woodson, grateful that he was able to come to our practices. I mean, at one point, Bob Knight, when he was finally just presented with the opportunity to resign from Indiana, and then he was subsequently just, just fired, really, he went scorched earth against the university that he helped big up. I mean, this guy's sitting around. He would sit down and do interviews and basically say, I hope everyone that was a part of that, that school and that program, the man really said, I hope that they all die. And it's like, whoa, like, can, we, can we pull it back just a little bit? And then over the past couple of seasons, and I mean like past few seasons more recently, before he went into ill health, you know, Bob Knight was, was back at the program. And so I would hope that at passing at 83 years old, that, that Bob Knight was able to go out there and just find a, a little bit of peace. I'm sure that in his past few, few seasons, past few years of life, I'm sure he wasn't as, as aggressive, but you can't take away from what this dude did for basketball, what he did for Indiana, what he did as head coach for Team USA. You can't take away his three championships. You can't take away his Hall of Fame. You can't take away all of his Division I wins. You can't. And he was also very, very clear. And what I will say, and I might be wrong here, and Shep, let me know if I am, this might be one of the most famous quotes that I've ever heard from a coach. And it was actually Bob Knight talking about his passing. Whenever it might be, Bob Knight made it very clear what he wanted the case to be. I want you to listen to his message to his critics. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Yeah. I don't think you're going to find too many critics. I think when you look at the, the, the full breadth of his life as a head coach, Army, Indiana, three championships, Texas Tech, 
you can look at the positives. You can look at the negatives. There's, there's nothing else to, to criticize this man about. He's gone. What happened, happened. What, what, what took place has taken place. And Bob Knight leaves back and leaves behind a hell of a life, a hell of a legacy. And there's nothing else that's going to change. And over the past few years, it's good that he was able to reconcile uh, with Indiana. It's nice that after all the, the, the talk, hoping that people died, that he was able to show up and, and put that to rest. Some of those individuals did actually die. It's part of the life cycle, as you, you can tell here. But I, I don't think Bob Knight, I don't think there are any existing critics. What is there to criticize? His legacy is his legacy. He was wrong at times. He was right at times. But as a basketball coach, he was ridiculously successful, and I think he should be remembered as that really more than anything. And Shep, let me ask you, was that quote from Bob Knight, is that not one of the most famous things ever uttered by a coach? It, it has to be, JR. He was one of one. There's, there's, no, there's no denying who's the greatest coach of all time. He's the biggest personality to ever coach the game of basketball. Yeah. And it, it, he is, is from a, a different era. And it was, there's no excusing, I, I don't think at any point in time ever, you know, putting your hands on a player, uh, some of his language, it, there's no excusing that. A lot of that wouldn't have, fly, definitely would not fly uh, today. And so I would venture to say, especially as the sports world continues to, to move forward and move on, as coaches evolve, as players definitely evolve, as the business of sports evolves, I don't think in our lifetimes, and I'm talking about every single human being who can hear and listen to the sound of my voice right now, I don't care if you are 90, yeah, we, we got listeners in their 90s, or I don't care if you happen to be 10 or 11 years old, I would be very shocked and surprised if in your lifetime, you ever heard or encountered a coach like Bob Knight. One of one is an accurate description by, by Shep. What he did is done. His success is there. And let's hear one more time the message that he at that time had for his critics. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to get ready to take a break. And on the other side of set break, we're going to speak to a familiar voice. This is someone who you heard here on CBS Sports Radio. This is also someone who actually knew Coach Bobby Knight. We're going to have a conversation with Scott Farrell. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll update you on the World Series. We'll talk to Scott about Bob Knight on the other side of the break. Don't move. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. It is the JR Sport Brief show here on CBS Sports Radio. 
We know it's a busy day. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy night. The World Series is still rolling along right now. The Rangers up one to nothing over the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're heading into the eighth inning uh, right now. And before we went to break, we talked about the passing of Bobby Knight. We all learned about this. The world did uh, a few hours ago without a shadow of a doubt. uh, One of the most accomplished coaches, period. in in the world of sports, not just in college, not just in basketball, uh, from his three championships and coaching Team USA. It's just just colorful and all over the place. And and speaking of colorful, we needed to bring on someone who you should probably be very familiar with here on CBS Sports Radio. He knew Bobby Knight uh, personally, actually went to Indiana, was around him, uh, had him here on the station, Right now, he's on Sports Grid, Pharrell Coast to Coast. Hey, Scott, every time I see you, I see you in person. I talk to you, but now we got Scott Pharrell here on the radio. Scott, how you doing, man? My man, it's good uh, to hear your voice, and I always love running into you. I'm super uh, sad tonight uh, with Bob's passing. Uh, You know, just I was stunned. It was the weirdest thing because – uh, I'm not even I'm not even creeping you out. I was sitting in my Indiana hoodie. Mm. I'm just sitting there chilling, watching the start of a college football game, and the news broke or whatever. And what's weird about it was that uh, just yesterday on my show, I had on uh, Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News, who does the show regularly, lives in Indianapolis, and I was telling him the story about uh, Dylan Harper, the kid that you know. There's, you know, the flag kid that's going to Duke, and then there's Dylan Harper, who Cooper, Duke yeah. wants and, and, and Rutgers wants. And I know Dylan, and I see him. I play a lot of ball, and I see him in the mornings at 5 a.m. grinding as I'm balling. And um, he, he went to look at Indiana and, and, and met with Woodson, and I said, what did you think? And the kid said, uh, it was cool. And I said, that's heaven, son. I said, you may not understand me, but I don't think you – I don't think you grasped what you saw. Uh, and then I told DeCourcy, who used to live in Pittsburgh, he's from Pittsburgh, and he lived in Memphis and other cities, and I said, there's only one state, and frankly, I think it's the greatest state in the country for basketball, and in the world, I've never seen anything like it, is uh, the Hoosier State. It's like uh, DeCourcy said, the one thing I'll remember about living here was every driveway has a basketball hoop, and I said, you know, Bob Knight went back to Bloomington to die in heaven uh, because he's old and frail now and he's going to pass. And he went home in 2020, and then he finally went back to Assembly Hall, and the place went crazy. And then he would go there and frequent practice for Woodson and, and just chill and watch. And he's a god there. And the weirdest thing for me is that he – had such an influence on me in my life. Like I went there to be around him. I went there to be a sportscaster. I went there to follow my dreams and it was to be around him. And the fact that I got to spend five years with him every day and do the Bob Knight show and cover the team and to uh, actually go to the 87 national championship game, the last game I ever covered when Alfred and the Hoosiers and smart hit the shot of the Superdome to beat Syracuse. The fact that I was there and that for 42 years and the fact that he came on CBS Sports Radio and would talk to me and call me names, uh, I said to Sepp that even when he was cussing me out, I loved him. Like, he was the most influential person in, in my life. 
and and respectfully more than my father, who Shep knew uh, as just a just generally one of the greatest human beings ever. This man, my father, but my dad and I were like a sports relationship, and I was grateful. I went to you know six Super Bowls with the Steelers and five Stanley Cups with the Penguins and World Series with the Pirates, but it was like a, a bonding with sports, right? But Bob Knight was really my father because, in a sense, I respectfully say that, in that when I was 18 to 23 years old, I worked for him, and he lit me up. And uh, I grew up. I became a man around him because of him. And the fact that he was friends of mine for his entire life, and not like I don't matter. I don't matter. But the fact that he loved me enough to stay friends with me and to call my show and to call me names. Uh, when, it, when I found out he died tonight, I cried for an hour uh, on my own in my home. My, my dog was looking at me. My wife and daughter were gone. My son's in college now. I'm an old man. But uh, when I lost him, I was devastated. Scott Farrell is here with us, the JR Sport B Show, CBS Sports Radio. Well, thank you for, for, for sharing more of the detail on that relationship, Scott. Uh, I, know it's, I know it's tough. You went to, to Indiana. How did you start building that relationship? We hear about uh, his thoughts and how he felt about the media. It's all public for people to listen to. How were you able to build a relationship? So it was really funny. There was a guy named Joe Smith who to this day is still alive, and he's there in Bloomington. And he's a radio legend there. Um, he did Indiana basketball and football for like 50 years. They pushed him out eventually when he was in his mid-70s, which he is now. And he still lives there. And he made me. And when I first met him, I was basically at a party getting hammered with him and trying to convince him to put me on the radio. I was 18 years old, and I said, I'm going to be better than you. And he was like, who do you think you are? I said, trust me. Let's get hammered. Put me on the air. Watch what happens. I guarantee you we'll be friends for life. And sure enough, he put me on the air. And then the next thing he, he said, you're going to do Indiana soccer play-by-play. You're going to cover Indiana basketball. You're going to travel with the Hoosiers to every game. You're going to do every game, and you're going to work seven days a week. You're going to work 60 hours a week. We're going to pay you a salary, and we're going to give you a career in radio. And I, it was like a real station. It wasn't a college station. And so I started going to games, and then I, like, I saw him lighting people up, cussing people out. I saw him uh, humiliate people, embarrass people, ruin people. Uh, I also saw him love people. I saw him uh, buy Landon Turner his home when he was paraplegic. Um, I knew him to hunt and fish and golf and hit a golf ball 300 yards. I knew him to eat. I knew him to uh, be the smartest person I ever met in my life, uh, the most learned person I'd ever met in my life. Watching basketball with him was better than sex. When he was on ESPN doing his analysis gig, which he'd do one or two games a week max, but when he did them, he was better than everyone. He, he described the game better than everyone. Uh, I play ball five days a week. Shep knows that. I still play. At my age, I'm 58, I still play five days a week with a bunch of NBA retired guys and, and D1 retired guys. And um, I told him the stories about Bobby Knight. And uh, just the other day, last, like, Saturday, a guy was wearing an Indiana shirt, and I, he, he played for Kremens at, at Charleston or something. 
And I was like, you know, I, I'm good friends with Bobby, and I'm good friends with Bobby Knight. And he, I said, I, I went to IU, and I told him, I said, he's, he's dying. He's getting really old. He's frail. He's, he's unstable. It's very sad. And um, it is what it is. It's life, right? Like, uh, I'll never forget when he said, bury me upside down and all my critics can kiss my ass. Uh, I, I knew him to be the funniest, uh, smartest. Uh, if he was your friend, he was the best friend you could ever have. If he was your enemy, I always told Shep in the audience, you should move. You should move because you're going to lose. Uh, he was never wrong. He was never, if he was adamant about something, it was all over. You, it was, there was no debating, arguing, asking, otherwise. It was his way or the highway. But every kid he ever met graduated. They all became men. And uh, he never got busted for cheating. He was the only amateur, uh, the last amateur Olympic team to win the gold in L.A. I was there in 84. And then uh, he's really the only guy that's never cheated except for Krzyzewski, and he taught him everything he knows. And he played for him at Army, and that's why he was so crazy, because when he was at Army, he was around crazy people, and they taught him how to be this this tyrant. And he admitted in the later years that he felt bad about some of his behavior, but he never uh, would apologize for it. He said he was, you know, too old to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, I was going to reference that, that, that point that we all know. I, I find it to be one of the most famous quotes uh, in sports about burying him upside down so the critics can go ahead and kiss his ass. Right. And, and, and you went ahead and, 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 and referenced it, man. I, I would tell you this. I, I don't think that there are critics. Like what is done has been done. His successes, right. what you said is, is uh, things that he would, he would decide to take back. I mean, anybody who would want to criticize him today, I think, is really uh, wasting their time. What's 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 done? Well, is done. I mean, for sure, I think that uh, he he is uh, one of the greatest that ever lived that did it. Uh, he won three national championships. He would have won more if uh, Brand hadn't come along with his zero tolerance. You know you know, born again BS, like I'm going to save the world and get rid of Bob Knight at, at Indiana. That guy died shortly afterwards, yeah. too. Good luck messing with Bob Knight. That's where you get karma. Uh, people can say whatever they want, but that guy was out to get him. Then he went down to Lubbock, and he won there. He, he won over 900 games. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's got his own wing. Uh, his offense, uh, you know, I played ball with Chef. Chef's a great cutter and a great point guard. He knows how to uh, find the open man. And uh, Bob Knight created the open man. And then Bob Knight created the greatest man-on-man defense in the history of NCAA basketball. I've always said, you know, my son went to San Diego State, and he turned down Indiana to go to uh, San Diego State. And I said, how in God's name can you go watch Indiana beat North Carolina in front of 18,000 lit and walk out of there and not go to school there? Something's got to be wrong with you. And he chased <laughs> bikinis and surfboards instead, which I can dig. And uh, I think if Bob Knight would have coached at San Diego State or at, uh, you know, Reno like Alfred does, he would have won anywhere. Uh, I heard someone say he would have won at any sport doing anything. You know, he was a great baseball fan. And um, the guy was really bizarre. He loved to hunt and fish and eat and live life. And he loved to read and he was smart. And he was cool. And uh, people 
only saw the throwing the chair and him cussing and a bullwhip and, you know, what's a game face? And he did all the funny faces. He, he bashed the media and he was nasty and he punched a cop in Puerto Rico. And you don't mess with him, bro. He was 6'6", 300 pounds. He played at Ohio State. He meant business. <laughs> he was intimidating. When he started cussing, the whole room just absolutely froze dead in their tracks. And I was like 18, 19, 20 years old watching this going, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then I learned at a young age to shut up uh, and to let him do what he's doing and never ask him anything. Well, because listen. he yelled at me one day. I was sitting on the stairs down in assembly hall. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm going to practice. He goes, get out. And I was like, I'll see you later. He goes, see ya. Well, listen, it, it sounds like you, you sure as hell learned a hell of a lot. I'm, I'm, I did. I'm sorry for, for your loss, Scott. And Thanks, uh, I, I, I wish you nothing but the best as you go through this period. And I, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to hop on and, and just share some insight because for what you said, there's, there's a lot that's out there, but you certainly have and have had that personal relationship. Scott, where can people – Keep up with and, and follow you now, my man. Just, you know, it's uh, just on Sports Grid, and it's on satellite radio as well. Uh, they simulcast the TV show every day. It's on. You can get it on the Sports Grid app or sportsgrid.com slash watch. It's on all of those, Amazon, Freebie, Roku, Sling, Fubo, YouTube TV. It's on all those. Uh, just search Sports Grid, and you'll find it. I'm on usually weekdays at 3 on sun, uh, Saturdays. I'm on 1 to 4 for college football Sunday. I do one to four NFL, so I'm easy to find. It's cool. It's fun. People dig it. I'm glad you're doing well. I always love running into you. I'll see you in Vegas, all right, bro? No doubt about it. With a smile on the face, Scott. Uh, my condolences to you. I'll see you soon. Thanks, bro. Much love. Peace. Much love. Shout-outs to Scott Farrell holding it down on Sports Grid uh, right now, uh, sharing some, some personal uh, anecdotes and, and experiences and memories of Bobby Knight passing away now at 83 years old. It's the JR Sport Re Show here on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from someone who actually won a title playing for Bobby Knight in 1981. He also was a former Washington Wizards head coach. Randy Whitman is going to join us. It's the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. The JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We're moving into the ninth inning. Texas Rangers here just uh, basically pulling up on a World Series victory if they can hold on. Still over the Diamondbacks, one to nothing. Unfortunately, we have to start the show off tonight by referencing and talking about the passing of Bobby Knight at 83 years old. I want to thank once again Scott Farrell. Uh, for, for calling in and giving us his, his personal experiences with Bobby Knight as a student and future aspiring radio broadcaster out at Bloomington. But right now we're going to talk with someone and have a conversation with an individual who played under Bobby Knight, won a national championship in 1981, 
played in the NBA for 10 years, was the head coach more recently of the Wizards, the T-Wolves, and also the Cavs. Right now joining us is Coach Randy Whitman. Coach, how are you? Great. Well, it's a sad day, um, but I'm doing good. Now, I certainly understand that. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on. Well, I, I just gave out your, your resume in the most brief way possible. I know <laughs> you're from Indiana, Indianapolis. What drew you to Bob Knight and IU? Well, I, I, the, the, the better question is what didn't draw me there. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, uh, obviously I grew up in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana universities in Bloomington, which is about a 50 minute, uh, car ride from Indianapolis. And as a kid growing up, uh, you know, coach Knight came to, uh, Indiana in 1971, 72. And shortly thereafter took, uh, a team to the final four, uh, with Steve Downing, uh, George McGinnis had left the year prior to go to the pros, but took Steve Downing and uh, an Indiana team. He was a very young coach at that time, obviously. Um, took them to the Final Four, and they got beat by UCLA uh, in the semifinals. And really was, uh, a, if you look back at the game, which probably isn't any video of it, uh, <laughs> anymore around, but I remember watching it. Um, they got beat by UCLA, which was in a dynasty at that time. Um, and that was my first, um, look of, you know, what I, I love, uh, Indiana basketball. And then obviously as the years went on, um, 1975 really stood out. I graduated from high school, uh, in 1978. And so as the years came on from 71, 72 to the 75 season where they were undefeated and yeah. Scott May broke his arm uh, at the end of that year and they got beat uh, by Kentucky 92-90 in the regional finals um, and then came back the next year in 1976 and went undefeated and won the national championship. They basically went, I think, 60, 65-1 in those two years. And, um, I mean, as a kid growing up in Indiana, I mean, where else are you going to want to go? And so that was always a dream, uh, of mine as a kid growing up, if I could ever go to Indiana, I would. And, um, I, I, I still remember, um, the first, the first day night, you know, coach Knight came into my house, um, and basically said, would you come to Indiana if I gave you a scholarship? And, you know, I said on the spot that I would. And, um, you know, I, back in those days, you could take five visits to schools, and I didn't take a, a visit. Once Coach offered me a scholarship, I, I accepted, and, and, and the rest is history. Randy Whitman is here with us, the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. Not only did you – Go to Indiana, but you, you you won a championship, and and we know some of the names that you played with, from an Isaiah Thomas to a Ray Tolbert. What is the biggest basketball lesson, especially as you moved on into coaching? What is the biggest basketball lesson that you learned from Coach Knight? Uh, honesty and straightforwardness. I mean, Coach Knight was probably of all the coaches 
that I've ever had, you know, from from grade school, high school. Obviously, I was under him in college, but into the pros for 10 years. Um, you knew exactly where you stood with him. You know, if you're not playing, you knew why, and you knew what you had to do if you wanted to play more. If you were playing, you knew why and what you had to do to, to, to continue to, to, to play. You, you, you knew he was as upfront and honest with player number one being the best player, being the player number 15, being the, you know, the, the guy at the end of the bench. And that was something that I always took with me once I got out of playing and into coaching that, you know what, I, there, there's not going to be any um, indecision in my players of understanding why they aren't playing and what do they need to do to become a player playing more. And that was something that was I always cherished as as a player. You want, you know, you don't want to be fooled or or lied to or whatever. You want to, you know, know exactly where you stand. And that was something that you always knew um, with Coach Knight. And um, you know, it, is he was he tough to play for? Absolutely. And could everybody play for him? No. Um, coming in, you had to have a certain amount of self-discipline. You had to have a, a work ethic. And if you had those two things and you were willing to, to, to do those things, you could, you know, you could survive and you could, be, you could flourish uh, playing for, for Coach Knight. And that was something that I always um, took from him and then into my um, coaching when I got into coaching. No, man, you you went out there and, and, and coached as well. Ten years of playing in the league. We talked about your time coaching with the Wizards and Timberwolves and, and, and Cavs. And last question for you, uh, Coach Whitman. I asked you what you, you learned from Bobby Knight as a coach. We can go on YouTube and, and see uh, the sound bites and a lot of his just it, it, it exists. Things that he said, things that he might have regretted. What memory stands out to you what doesn't the public or what didn't the public see or understand with bobby knight well a couple of things i mean you know there there are there are things we all do um that we look back on and say you know what if i could take that back i'd probably do it differently he was no different um he would the thing that people don't understand he would admit his mistakes and and, and correct and maybe do something differently if he had to do it over again. The one thing that people never, they always took the negative of his persona on the, on the floor, you know, his yelling, his screaming, his, but as much as he got on you as a coach, when you did wrong, he was there as much, if not more, when you did do the right things of patting you on the back and telling you, you know, how good you are doing. And that was something that was never portrayed to the public that he ever did that. And so, like, like I said, you knew exactly where you stood with him um, and, and where you were. And um, that and his ability um, for us to be, become men. Um, you know, I think everybody, I mean, he was never a guy that was ever going to coach in the NBA. 
he knew that wasn't he the way he coached the way his style was was not going to work and so he really never he never cherished that I want to get my players into the NBA what he wanted you to do is when you graduated from from school when you went into an interview for IBM or GE or whoever that when you went into that interview you were going to get the job you were going to be the best at that interview to get the job. And he created that through basketball um, into instilled into us. Now, luckily I was able to go ahead and play, you know, in the NBA and then coach in the NBA, but there's so many people that don't make it there, but he created into them the ability to compete in a job setting and get the job. And that's what people just, they had no understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of money that this man put into the library at Indiana University over the course of his 30-plus years um, is, is unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. A teammate of mine, we won the national championship in 1981, Landon Turner, who um, I spoke with tonight, obviously, after I've spoken to a lot of a lot of my yeah. teammates uh, tonight after the passing of coach Isaiah Thomas being one of them, Landon Turner being another one of them. And as um, we won the national championship, Landon Turner was in an automobile accident and broke his neck and was paralyzed, you know, from the, from the waist down um, after that. And Isaiah turns pro. And as I told um, both of those guys today, I think Landon Turner would have probably been, the best professional NBA player of all of us, even Isaiah, um, wow. uh, if if he hadn't gotten hurt. He was one of the first guys at 6'11", that was a power forward that could guard out on the floor, that could do the things that guys are doing today, but back in 1980s that nobody ever could do. Um, but he breaks his neck and is paralyzed. And Coach Knight, that next year, went at a fundraising exhibition that I've never seen before to raise money to put into a trust well, so that Landon Turner could we, we, we have to hit the break. I want to I want to ask if you can hold on one second and join us right on the other side. Uh, Coach Randy Whitman is joining us. The JR Sport Bee Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.